welcome to Iris Matters. We're here today with Greg Robertson. He has been in real estate for over 28 years. He was the co-founder of W&R Studios, uh, which was just recently acquired by Lone Wolf Technologies, and that was in December of 2020. He is serving as their head of enterprise sales at this time. Greg has been on the Power 200 list with uh, Swanpool Real Estate. Uh, he's also been a director on the MLS. Uh, as well as maintaining a presence and being a voice in the real estate industry. He has a technology blog called Vendor Alley and hosts two podcasts, including Listing Bits and Industry Relations. How are you today, Greg? Pleasure to have you. Good. Good. Thank you, Annie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We, we appreciate your time. I figured let's hop in. I think you are in many ways a man who doesn't need much introduction, but I would love to hear from your perspective, how you got into the real estate industry and what your career trajectory has been, just so that we know how you got where you are now and that little bit of background. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my first real estate software company with uh, three friends back in 1992, if you can believe it. This is pre-internet. We sold software on five and a quarter diskettes and three and a half diskettes, right? And uh, it was located in uh, Southern California here. And we made MLS access software. So back then you would use modems to dial up to these MLSs that were all basically text-based menu systems, right? And the modems would go, you know, whistle and all that stuff. And we just made it for e easier for real estate agents to, to log on their MLS systems. And uh, we grew that. That company name was Iris. The product was Lightning. And we grew that and we sold it in uh, 1999. And we sold that to a company called Home Seekers. And uh, we continued to work there for a couple of years. Then a friend of ours was restarting another company called eNeighborhoods, which did neighborhood reports. And uh, my co-founder and I, Dan Woolley, joined him and took our CMA ideas to him. And we made a, a great CMA application for eNeighborhoods. And we grew that until I think we sold that in 2007, and uh, that was sold to Dominion Enterprises, which is now basically Homes.com. And we worked there for a year, and re we started WNR Studios, the, the company that we just sold uh, in 2008, and Cloud CMA in 2010. And I'm not sure if a lot of your listeners will know this, but Iris was our first customer. Uh, for Cloud CMA. As we were building it, we were writing about it and Lauren what has been reading our blog. And, and I think you guys were just about ready to create your own CMA module and said, well, hey, why don't we check out this cloud thing? So I have a very warm spot in my heart for Iris and uh, and Lauren, and uh, I call it the mother of Cloud CMA sometimes. So um, it's, it's great to be here on the podcast. Wonderful. Yeah, I knew that um, Iris has one of the highest uh, license user rates, at least it has in the past. I did not realize myself that we were one of the first adopters of Cloud CMA. The very first, the very first, yeah. That's that's very cool, very interesting. So you really saw that CMAs and having that accessible on a cloud, having that all integrated together was really important. And you actually ended up writing the book, The Art of the CMA. So you you have spent a lot of time and uh, your own personal energy on the value proposition of the CMA. And so I would love to hear from you why that became the need that you felt the greatest need to answer, to fulfill. 
That's a, that's a great question and a good observation. So I think when we first started cloud CMA, even though we'd had other CMAs, there was two big ideas about it. First of all, we wanted to make it completely online. So back in 2008, uh, there was no CMA software that was completely online, it, you know, that was web-based. A lot of them you still had to kind of install a CD or something like that, right? So that was the first thing. The second thing is we wanted to blend other information that was out on the web into it like neighborhood information mapping all sorts of things and make this kind of a blended experience with uh, with cloud cma but on the notion of like you know using cmas differently um and what the main value proposition is what we found is like uh, some of our customers would say to us well you know i don't go on listing presentations every day or every week or every month sometimes right so i don't know if i have the you know if this is worth spending the money because i'm not doing that so much and what we, we did there is we kind of pivoted and we says, well, how can we make cloud CMA useful not only at once you've got the business or, or get about to get the business or get the listing presentation, but how can we use it? How can you use a CMA to generate business, to prospect business, right? And that was the big idea for a cloud CMA. So, you know, if you think about it, one of the most powerful marketing slogans in real estate is like, find out what your house is worth. I mean, you see that on bus benches, on postcards and everything else. What if you could marry that very powerful marketing message with a tool that could deliver that to the consumer very quickly? So what we did is we made a lot of things in Cloud CMA with our APIs and such so that somebody could go to a landing page, type an address in, and boom, get a quick CMA. And that really turned things out. It turned things around for us, where now we could market this thing. as like, it's great for when you're at the listing presentation to, and to win that listing. But also, how do you get to that listing presentation? Well. You want to integrate that more into your marketing efforts, right? So, and and the reason I write I wrote the book, The Art of the CMA, was I was just hearing from tons of agents and brokers how they're using CMAs to generate business. And I wanted to make sure the lessons that I've learned that we learned at, at WR Studios of how CMAs can be a very powerful marketing tool, um, that people can learn from that. And uh, and so far it's it's been caught on. I tell you right now, I was looking at the the uh, the statistics last couple of weeks ago, and we typically average about 230,000 230, cloud CMA reports created a month. We're gonna bust 300,000. Um, it's just a phenomenal, and most of them will be on the prospecting side, right? If you think about only 5.5 or 6 million homes are sold in the country, there's you know way more CMAs created than that. But yeah, just um, it's a very powerful marketing prospecting tool, and, and a lot of people don't realize that. I think it's also an underutilized tool. It can seem like a lot to put that together, but the tools that you've created basically um, make it so, so much easier. And um, really the beauty of the, the formatting, that automatic formatting that is just very professional. I mean, that's a huge benefit. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons we're so happy to offer it as part of the the iris mls it's it's part of your subscription and it's it's a huge benefit and tool but tell me a little bit so you you did w and r and you've written a book and you've been very involved in real estate uh, but recently you've become a part of lone wolf so would you tell me a little bit about that acquisition and where that positions you now for you know what you're doing with the real estate industry in your own career yeah so it's interesting it's like um you know, we weren't we weren't really looking to sell the company. We you know we'd hired some people to kind of field offers for us and and things like that. But um, we knew that Lone Wolf was 
making a lot of what I thought were interesting purchases around the industry that made sense to me in a sense. You know, with the vendors, the, the, the whole acquisition scene right now is crazy because what you're seeing now is the advent of participants in the MLS buying technology companies, right? So Zillow now is a broker and they've bought, you know, showing time for it. Compass bought, uh, who's a, a broker, bought uh, Glide, which is a technology company, right? And then you know, previous to that, you would see MLS vendors like a CoreLogic or a Black Knight buy software companies. And what I don't like about those types of deals is that I enjoyed our time with WNR and all my companies really that you're kind of Switzerland. We work with everybody. We work with all brokers, all, all different technology companies, all MLS companies, uh, independent, you know, software companies like you guys with Iris and your software platform. I just like that thing. So what Lone Wolf is doing is I think what they're, they're trying to do, the value proposition Lone Wolf is putting out there is that they want to bring together, they want to acquire best of breed software solutions and then bring them together and make them work better together, right? So what intrigued us about Lone Wolf is that I would be able to still keep that Switzerland vibe because Lone Wolf works with so many other vendors out there and they have um, different products that work together. So that if I was bought by a Zillow or a, a, an MLS vendor, you're kind of like putting a silo like, oh, they're part of Zillow or oh, they're part of this MLS. So what, what Lone Wolf is providing me, it gives me that kind of wiggle room and flexibility and, and uh, headspace that I can I can still work with everybody in the community, which is what I really love. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's obviously we are our own MLS, but that whole idea of cooperation and all of that, I mean, it's, it's so integral to what we do as well. And I could understand the appeal of wanting to be able to work across all of these different platforms with different vendors, all of that. And that leads perfectly into one of my next questions. And I was curious how, now that you are integrated with Lone Wolf, how these services relate to existing MLS platforms? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot to do there, right? So if you look at like, you know, I think the way we communicate what we're trying to do is make this end-to-end -end digital platform, right? So from all the way from the beginning of a transaction to the end of the transaction. I like to, I still like to think it's more like of software solutions working better together, right? Um, but if you think about naturally, I think a CMA naturally fits into, that's one of the things that I think that we kind of gravitated towards is like what they're trying to do you immediately got it. It wasn't like, what are you trying to do? I don't, how does that make sense? It's like, well, they have a, a transaction management solution with forms, right? So it's natural for a CMA, if you think about it, is the first representation of what could be become a listing. It's a listing before the listing, because again, the seller's thinking of selling their house, right? So it's a natural thing of like, I create a CMA, if an agent makes a CMA, they do the listing presentation, and if the if the prospective seller says, yes, I want to list my house, how about pressing a button and it go right into a listing agreement? How about from the listing agreement go right into the MLS? So it's a nat to me, it was really natural to fit in that that timeline of what a transaction is. There's right at the beginning. Now, what we're doing with like HomeSpotter and, and the CRM, the line desk, is now we're even going a little bit before that, where I put an ad out with, let's say, you know, on Facebook, which is um what Boost does over at HomeSpotter, or I've nurtured this lead that I've gotten in my line desk CMA. So now the lead is being nurtured, right? Or now a lead is generated through there. Then that lead reaches out to me, say, hey, I'm thinking of selling my house. Then the CMA is made. Again, you know, any agent, I think anybody can see that that makes sense. That works together. That 
that that naturally fits in the 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 kind of timeline of this transaction, right? It's you know you can't get too complicated about this stuff, right? I mean it's it's just real estate in a sense. I think some of the solutions out there you kind of have to split your eyes and scratch your head, but this is not a head scratcher. Um, these things you know should be working together for sure. So is this a singular platform? How is this utilized by the realtor? Is it like they log on and they're just utilizing that from their desktop? mobile apps how does that integrate into their business yeah obviously yeah that's another great question i mean to me um they're all separate applications you can't add, i think it's it's it would be very um difficult to kind of force agents into one thing so well, not only do we have our own applications we have a thing called marketplace where other real estate applications kind of kind of plug into our ecosystem um, very easily but uh right now they're separate products and we try to tie them together through a SSO type of experience so that they all kind of, um, you can log in and, and the applications will work together once you tie them together so that um, they can all seamlessly work together once, once they're fit in there. Now, is there plans later on to make, you know, one UI, one UX? Maybe, but right now, I mean, these are, these are applications that people enjoy using and in, in some cases love using. So, it doesn't make sense right now to change that at all. So it's a whole suite, but realtors can shopping cart it. They can say, well, right. I want this and this makes sense. I don't need that, et cetera, depending on what they're doing. And I, that makes sense. I, I, think yeah, I think a lot of the biggest things I hear from MLS providers like you guys is like from vendors like us is like, why can't your stuff work together better? Right. Why do you guys have to be this and that? I mean, I think Lone Wolf is solving that by, again, acquiring these best of breed products. But if we're not acquiring them, we want to make sure that we have ways for what you're using as an agent or broker that can feed into the ecosystem for sure. Well, and it certainly seems like another aspect of this is it has a very slick user interface, very intuitive. If you've used the internet, if you've used Google, it works for you. Um, and I think that that is going to be something that is going to become a greater and greater leverage point as we move into the modern age of the internet. Um, so I think that's that seems to be another key benefit of that suite is that it's it's designed to be very easy to use. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, if I'm being fully transparent here, like some of the software solutions are a lot easier than others. Like uh, I think we were spoiled at Cloud CMA because it did one thing and one thing really well. Um, but if you look at something like transaction management or form solutions, anything that you give more options to, the level of it you know, of complexity increases. And something, you know, a transaction is, a real estate transaction is pretty complex, right? So I would say some of our applications require a little bit more training than others, but we try to minimize that as, as possible. And it's always, and I think you guys know this from, from building an MLS system, there's always a balance between flexibility and ease of use, right? And that's, that is the bane of every software company executives and, and designers uh, existence is coming up with that right mix for sure. The more it does, the harder it is to make it better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> the next piece I wanna dive into is sort of an opinion that you might have uh, where your perspective is with this. So. Again, technology is wonderful and you're clearly in the tech sector um, and you're meeting these real estate needs via apps and different technological solutions. I think there are a lot of people who are going, I just had to learn how to use Zoom and DocuSign and that's all the technology I wanna to add to my brain for the next three years. And I think that moving into a group, there's more and more technology 
in the real estate space. It's just moving in. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on tech adoption and burnout and how to get real realtors to really adopt and understand the benefits to having that whole process of change. Yeah, I think um, product fatigue, right? That's I think that that's a term I, I, I hear a lot is product fatigue. Um, no, it's it's real. It's definitely real, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of solutions that the MLS provider, like you, like Iris can provide to agents. There's things that the, their broker can provide to them. Um, there's things that the if they're part of a larger franchise that like a Remax or a Coal Banker can provide to them. I mean, it's just there's so much out there, you know, to to look at and and kind of dissect and do anything else. I mean. You know, because we offer our, our products as part of a member benefit to many MLSs and associations out there, what I always tell the agents to do is like, before you spend any money, go to your MLS or your broker or, you know, your association and find out what you get as part of your membership, right? Start with the free stuff first. I mean, I know it's not free in the sense that, I mean, they're, you're, due, you're paying dues, but I mean, you're not paying directly writing a credit card to. So what I would suggest to everybody as far as this listening that, Look at your MLS. What is your MLS providing? That's that'll give you at least a notion of like, okay, I think I'll try this tool that my MLS is providing, and that you know what, I like this, I don't like this, but it'll give you an opinion, like what you what things you're doing and how you're using it, and then maybe after that you might be looking towards, well, I like this, but I'm looking something that more leans on this side, and then you can kind of be, be informed about where you're going to go for looking for another product that does that, right? But that's the biggest thing. Start from what you get already free. Before you spend any money, exhaust everything you can that's that's being provided to you free. And then once you start using those, you're going to see what workflows you like. And then I think you can make more of a, a form opinion about moving forward to other products that you might have to pay extra for. I think that's really smart advice. Not only do you not have to spend extra money, but it gives you that little bit of knowledgeability of how these different things work and what you like and what you don't. So that's yeah. wonderful advice for that and keeps it simple. You don't have yeah. to go learn everything at once. You just adopt one thing and then see where, where those gaps might be and what you need. Greg, is there anything else you would like to speak to before we sign off today? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, this has kind of been a theme of mine is that I think agents have to, and brokers, all of us really have to kind of let go of fear, you know, I just see a lot of toxic comments on Facebook about different organizations and different companies and different, you know, um, disruptors or whatever else. And like it, it blinds people into not really putting down their shields and like accepting and like going, can this be useful for me? Can, can this actually help me? Why do I have to go to this visceral level of, of just that fear brings people? So what I would take, and this is also, as you talked about before, your fear of technology, this product fatigue. It's like, ah, oh, another thing. You know, it's tough, yeah, but I mean, all that is rooted in fear. And I just wish people would just let go of that fear and 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 open their eyes and, and be accepting of more and see if these things can actually help them instead of like just jumping on the hater train. I, I agree with you, Greg, and I, I love that perspective. And I hope that's something people can start to integrate because I, I do think that fear is more of a detractor than it is um, something that adds to our lives or even keeps us safe as much as we think it does. So. Yeah. I think that is a wonderful point. So thank you so much for joining us today on our Iris Matters podcast. Uh, again, we are here today with Greg Robertson, and we will catch you next time uh, on Iris Matters. Mm -hmm.